Welcome to For Fox Sake, my name is Pete Selby. Uh, Rob is away in Malta on the other end of the line and so we'll come to Rob shortly but I hope everyone's had a fantastic summer. It's been glorious weather hasn't it? Oh my god it's absolutely dreadful but never mind the football season is upon us, the football league season is upon us and Leicester have had a seamless Pre-season, no they haven't, it's been a bit of a nightmare. We'll be discussing all things Maresca, all things new signings, all things the way Leicester are playing. I look forward to the season, what we still need. And uh, I've actually got a pretty strong opinion on the kits this year. I actually don't mind them at all. The old little tweak here and there, but never mind. And uh, so for the first time, uh, let's join Rob. Rob, where are you? Yes, hello Pete, hello to all of the listeners. Happy summer to everybody. I'm on my summer holidays. I'm sweating in 35 degree heat here in sunny Malta. A little bit of a contrast to what we've had in the UK recently. So uh, it's taken a bit of getting used to, but I've got air conditioning, so I'm okay for now. Um, In terms of pre-season overall thoughts, um, I'd go with uh, okay, not bad. We'll come on to uh, individual signings, um, players that we think we still need in the squad, expectations for the season, etc. a little bit later on. But uh, just in terms of the matches themselves, obviously pre-season results don't really matter that much. Um, the performances do somewhat, but it, it, it's about getting the legs, uh, getting the minutes in the legs. It's about um, the new manager being able to implement his thoughts, his style of play. Uh, the style of play is very, is very clear. The idea is I say obvious with a bit of um, hesitation because it's not necessarily so obvious that it's going to be easy to play against Um, but in some cases it has definitely got us in trouble during pre-season particularly uh, against Liverpool in the first half those those sort of 8-10 minutes or what was it where they scored 3 very quick goals and they came predominantly from giving the ball away when trying to play through our own half. Um, one of the reservations that we had with the previous manager, Brendan Rodgers, was his uh, insistence on trying to retain possession and keep the ball in, in situations where it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do. Uh, I'm not saying that Maresca's possession style is exactly the same as that, but it, it does have those pitfalls um, I think we looked a little bit vulnerable down the sides of the of the back three that forms when we're in possession because as soon as that, that ball gets turned over, it's not like uh, Ricardo, for example, who's been playing most mostly in the central midfield role in possession. It's not like he can just sort of magically transport himself uh, straight back to the position he should be in for a four-man defence. So that those transitions need managing very, very carefully. However, having said that, you're not going to play teams with the same ability that Liverpool have. 
every single week. Uh, and there have been signs of a plan B during pre-season. Uh, watched most of the Northampton game, and particularly in the second half, uh, more of a sort of two-up-top style and a lot of longer passes. I don't want to say long ball, but longer passes, uh, looking for the pace of Dakar, etc. Now, if, if, if you can sort of invite the pressure on from a championship team this season and then at the right time spring the right ball into the spaces that will inevitably be created behind, then players like Pats and Dakar, even Jamie Vardy, are going to score an absolute hatful in the championship if, if that style is employed. Yeah, I think they will. It's it's intriguing to see what Enzo has done with this side in terms of how they play. Personnel will come on to, and kind of at this current time, it's not worth going too far into with what we've got. It's about what possibly could happen because I think there's going to be such a turnover still of players. But yes, it's been very intriguing to see. Now, to weigh up what Enzo Moresco is going to be like is practically impossible, but from a personal point of view, I'm I'm looking at the basis of the way that we're playing, very Man City-like with Ricardo pushing into midfield, and the way that we're retaining the ball, passing the ball back from the likes of Winks, etc., to the goalkeeper, uh, we will come on to. That, I can see Leicester fans getting quite wound up with if we are nil-nil after 65 minutes. But then, having that change, like you mentioned, against Northampton shows that it's not a one-trick pony that we've got in charge. It's a guy who, which has obviously been labelled at the likes of uh, Rogers, etc. Like, where was Plan B? Well, it looks like there is a Plan B, but I don't want to sound big-headed. I've, I've, I've been having discussions for weeks and weeks and weeks about Leicester about what they could do this season, but I, I think you you kind of are allowed to be in a weird way. Not saying that the squad that we've got is the best thing since sliced bread that the championships ever seen. It's going to walk the you know the league. But you've got to, if you're going to play this way, you've got to have confidence in the team that you've got and you've got to have confidence in the ability of those players to be substantially better than the opposition, which when you look at Leicester's team and squad, they should be. Now, should be in the word. And the signings that they've brought in, which we'll come on to, I think have really helped that. And if we're going to be playing this side of football, uh, they need to be. You can't play this way with a side who have maybe just come up because you're going to become unstuck. I think if it, it sounds, it, it's not really what you want to be doing at this time of the season, especially this season of all things, when you're looking kind of backwards and that. But I'm just thinking if we had Maresca playing or implementing this style at the beginning of the last season with a squad that included the players who have left, etc., then things could have been a lot different. But that's not worth talking about. Uh, intriguing for me. Um, it needs to have certain players still playing at the football club Players will be moved on. I'm very bullish about what happened in the first half an hour against Liverpool. Yes, there was a bit of a collapse, etc. But I would look at one or two players not playing and one or two players being in the side. Um, that I, and I wasn't too happy with their performances. Um, you know, second half, etc. The likes of Castagna, who I I, I can see just, he needs to go. Um, Vestergaard, even though I think he'll be a very useful player in the Championship, very very useful. Um, I I think needs to go anyway, but. Um, really encouraged by the way they're playing, encouraged to hear the interviews with the players, and I know they're going to be put in front of a camera and say the right things, but you can tell. People have the ometer of, I know they're just 
towing the line of the football club. I don't think that's the case with the players so far. They seem to be really enjoying this change of style, highlighted by the words of like Vardy and Mark Albrighton especially. And I can see this style and this Leicester side dominating, especially at home, against the majority of teams in the championship. A reminder for me to put my phone on silent when doing the podcast. So I'm I'm really happy with what's happened so far. Um, the, the obviously tour was a, a farce to start with because of the the way that we went down and the fact that we are down. We shouldn't really be doing that kind of tour on a football point of view. Hundred percent know why we're doing it, and the words from top I thought were very nice, very good, and I think for me I kind of went right. Get it? I get it now. Got it. No problem. If you're sticking hundreds of millions of pounds into the football club and you want every now and again for us to go over to Thailand and shake a few hands and go to a few uh, exhibitions of trophies, etc., fine. Um, you know, a bit of squad building activity, playing some football, not got a problem. It just didn't work out this time with the cancelled game against Spurs and with the start of the Football League season a week after the game against Liverpool. It's not ideal, but completely understand why. So not a problem for me. But now we're back and we've got a squad that's going to be trimmed dramatically, in my opinion, going to be added to dramatically. But I think we should start with the new signings. Yeah, I'm really pleased that we've made some uh, important signings in, in key areas through the sort of spine of the team. Um, I was really happy with Winks and Cody coming in very early on. And uh, they they both then in pretty much before pre-season even started. Uh, that, that, that's good for them. It's good for their teammates. It's good for the manager. And particularly good for us as supporters because I think the last few transfer windows, we've said on this podcast many times, we've been really frustrated with um, the sort of delays that have happened with signings or, or lack of signings uh, and the uncertainty that, that surrounds that. So... Winks and Cody, two t- players from Premier League teams, one of which in, in Connor Cody went to the most recent uh, international tournament with England. Uh, real statement signings, I think, in terms of the the uh, the objective of of being the best team in the championship. Um, Winks seems to me to be a very good link. To, to move the ball through the phases. He's commented on his partnership with uh, with Ricardo Pereira in the middle, keeping things ticking over. Uh, and I think he's pretty effective at that. Cody, we know already, is an excellent leader, uh, good ball player. will be very important at the sort of centre of the, the three-man defence that seems to be the, the favoured shape in possession. Um, real shame about his injury, actually, because... Pre-season, as, as I said a moment ago about the, the positives of him coming in early, pre-season was really important for for every reason, really. You, you're talking match sharpness and fitness, obviously, but uh, cohesion with the team um, and, and the implementation of, of Maresca's ideas, because it's very clear that Cody and Winks are going to be really crucial to that. Uh, so let's hope he's back sooner rather than later. Uh, Doyle's a young lad, I think... In pre-season, as Leicester have been, he's been a bit hit and miss so far. But he's only 19 years of age and he's got two full seasons in in Football League uh, already. Uh, League One with Sunderland a couple of seasons ago, 41 appearances in the Championship with Coventry last season. So it's not like we've got a sort of green youngster from an academy who's never played senior football before. Um, 
he's got a lot of experience for a young lad. He's going to learn a lot. Um, he'll he'll know Maresca from from before. Um, so that that that's clearly Maresca knows and and likes what he sees with him. He offers a good amount of balance as well. I think with with a left footed, uh, left sided defensive player. Goalkeeper, I'm glad we've got one. Didn't know who he was before we signed him. If, if I'm honest, and I, w- I would imagine most of the football world didn't know who he was before, but they do now because that save with his head against Liverpool has uh, probably had a, a millions and millions of views on on social media uh, already. So, um, it, I think it was a tough game for him to come in with uh, with uh, against Liverpool for his first game. Um, well his first game in, in sort of vision of everybody really he seems very tidy with his feet which is obviously very important to the style of play and is something that we haven't had in a goalkeeper last season I don't think Danny Ward or Daniel Everson uh, either of which are particularly comfortable with the ball at their feet so um, so Hermanson makes a, a big improvement in that area uh, it's the next step up for him in terms of his career we will. It remains to be seen, really, in terms of his character. But he seems like a switched-on young lad, who and I think we've got the the leadership in, in as centre back with Connor Cody. Uh, so I, I think it won't be as crucial. I think last season, with with Evans being out for most of it, there was no direction, no leadership in the defence or the goalkeeping area. Now you've got Hermanson, and who I presume is going to be Leicester's number one. Uh, and Connor Cody, I think there's a bit more character there, which is uh, which is very important, especially in, in terms of communication and, and composure in possession. Uh, and obviously, very recently, we've signed Steffi Mavididi. He seems to be quite versatile across the, the front line. Uh, decent experience already. He's played in England before, sort of grew up in England and, and English football. I, I presume he's going to predominantly play as a wide forward, which... I think is an area that we lack in this, uh, whatever you want to call it, 4-3-3, 3-4-3 formation. We have got uh, younger lads, Maketeer, uh Marcel, Madivadua, uh, and you have got a winger in all Brighton. Um, but Mavadidi strikes me as the most natural player to play on the wide, uh, the wide side, either side of, of the front three. Um and I like the fact that he seems to be a good, confident ball carrier because with Harvey Barnes now gone, we don't really have uh, an experienced ball carrier. I like the fact that McAtee has been very enthusiastic. Madavadu has had some good minutes in pre-season. I think they'll feature quite a lot this season. But Mavadidi is a, is a good blend of flair and experience. Yeah, I'm greatly encouraged by the youngsters uh, being given a go over pre-season, which is a normal thing, but because of the squad scenario this time around, it's not a normal pre-season because of the amount of players leaving, the amount of players coming in. But those players that you mentioned, Maviadua, uh, for example, I think look pretty sharp. Uh, McAteer, they're going to be involved in the squad, and if they're being given the starting lineup positions in these uh, in these big games you know in the likes of um, Liverpool in pre-season then that's going to do them the world of good and they're going to see a lot of changes in the squad surrounding them and and, and they'll be normally looking out for a, a lone move away and maybe one or two will but I think the majority will be kept in the squad um, greatly encouraged by the new goalkeeper 
Um, he he looks like just basically Kasper Schmeichel 2.0, doesn't he? The way he dives, he's got that Schmeichel when he when he dived down low, outstretched. Um, he kind of went kind of two-handed. I don't. It's 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 quite a difficult thing to kind of describe. He just gives me. He looks like Schmeichel for me. He's got uh, because of his size. He's not the tallest, but he looks like he's incredibly confident. He looks like he's a, a really good shot stopper. Um, very agile and also very good with his feet. The way that Leicester were passing the ball back to him straight away, no problem. Very far out of his goal. And then, of course, the diving header save. It's just got Schmeichel written all over it. So, yeah, greatly encouraged. And hopefully he becomes a goalkeeper that we're talking about in five or six years' time. Uh, signed for a few quid, but all the hallmarks of a goalkeeper is just going to get better and better like Casper did, and yeah, why not? It's a shame with Everson because obviously this guy's been brought in and is the number one. Everson, I don't know what happens now. I would imagine Leicester would be very keen on keeping him on the books, but if an offer comes in and it's money, it's money. Then there you go. Um, Ward is an interesting one because what do we do with Danny Ward? Surely a person in his position wants to play football. Now, if he wants to stay and pick up the decent wage that he's on for the next year or two and then maybe move, then I, I, I don't know if that's what he wants to do and he wants to be a number two and he's actually a good egg around the squad, fine. And and that would be an okay option, but I don't envisage Leicester having Ward Everson and the new goalkeeper in the squad at the start of the season. I just don't think the budget would allow for that. Um, away from that, Winks just looks like an excellent midfielder brought in uh, to a side with a fair bit of money, but also a little bit to prove and just looks like he's slotted in straight away. Absolutely no problem there. Uh, Cody, the, the big question mark is his foot injury. The silence on it is deafening. And as we creep closer to the first game of the season... The silence gets louder, if you know what I mean. Like, is he? Is it a ploy from the football club to actually just throw a curveball towards Coventry, and then all of a sudden, actually, he's completely fine and he's in the starting lineup, or is it an actual serious injury? And we're working hard behind the scenes to figure out what's what. Um, if he's absolutely fine, then great signing. We know he's a very good player, very good leader, and all that. All the problems we had last season with the, the the fact that Leicester just crumbled at every opportunity possible, even against Liverpool without Cody, again, from the centre of defence, it just crumbled. Um, I mentioned Yannick Vestergaard, but, but someone like Cody coming in and just his chat and his personality and demeanour at the back, surely is excellent for the likes of Doyle alongside, who looking forward to seeing this season, but also just for that in the middle of the park, him and Winks, two experienced players, and then you've got Dewsbury Hall in front, the local boy. It, it seems like a very, and then Vardy up top, that's the spine of a side, a very good team. So absolutely A on board with that. Who's going to be alongside them? No idea. That's that's an interesting scenario we'll come on to, with likes of Vestergaard, etc. Um, and then... Away from those, the new winger, uh, Maviadova, really, really encouraged by this signing. Um, it's just the sort of player Leicester need. I'm a fan of the fact that they've bought him. There's rumours about um, a few 
loan signings coming in, which have, we've seen in recent years in the Championship, the likes of Burnley last year, some loan signings can be electric and essentially the best players in the league. Now, if that happens, fine. I, I'm a big fan of actually signing the player itself. Um, also, and just a little offbeat, but I don't follow him on social media, but he, his posts have popped up on my timeline in the last day or so since he's arrived. And he, again, we're talking about 24 hours, 36 hours, and social media posts seems a good egg. He seems a good lad. So fine, uh, born in Derby, so you know, we'll know the area and that. It's not a big thing, him coming back to the UK at all. Um, and he, I like his size. I like the style of winger that he is. I, I think you can literally just throw him out wide and go, do your stuff. Hopefully, one on the other side as well, and say, go and do your stuff. A bit like Berlin last year. You know, We've got a solid team behind you. We're going to have a lot of possession. You're going to have a lot of opportunity to beat the winger. Fine. Go and do your stuff. Really, really exciting player. Um, so the signings we've made, I've been thoroughly encouraged by. I think the business is solid. I think they've plugged gaps in the squad that were very, very necessary. It's no good going and we're having three or four wingers and then you're going and buying this player out wide. We needed someone in the middle of the park to retain possession. We needed someone to build through. And you've gone and got wings. We had a massive hole at the back, and and we could still maybe even sign a, another centre half as well for me, depending on players leaving. And we have done with Doyle and also with Cody. Uh, the goalkeeping situation is is very intriguing. Would Everson have been fine in goal? I would have been okay with Everson in goal, but they've gone and identified one of the most promising goalkeepers in Europe, really, and they've gone and bought him by the looks of things, off the uh, the toes of a few other clubs. Great. Not a problem at all. They've gone and bought a winger to replace Barnes. Great. And looks a, looks an excellent player. So th- they've done, for what we can see right now, very good business. Whether they work out or not, that's all to play out. But uh, there's still quite a few players and areas that we still need uh, fresh faces. And, of course, players uh, will be departing as well. In terms of signings needed, I think it is it is dependent on uh, whether there's going to be any more exits, first and foremost. Even if there aren't, I would like at least one more fullback bringing in, possibly two. And the reason I say that is because I think we need one who can tuck in and do an effective job as part of a back three, similar to maybe Doyle or Castagna, the way that they've been playing in pre-season. Um, so one that's maybe slightly more comfortable in a defensive position but then I think we also need one that can do the same job as Ricardo has been doing because he seems to to fit that position he seems to be relishing that position but he's very injury prone Ricardo and we need robust players who can cope with a season that's going to contain more than 50 games of football so the, the the danger there is that the whole system, really, or, or the system that we've seen most uh, most often employed during preseason, depends on that type of player. And if Ricardo's unavailable, we need another player that can start at fullback and be confident and comfortable drifting into partner Harry Winks in the sort of base of the midfield. Um, 
moving into midfield, you know, we've got six central midfielders at the minute, Winks, KDH, Chowdhury, Pratt and Didi Samari. If one of those leaves, I'd like them to be replaced by a ball carrier, a ball player like uh, Winks. Um, For the same reason as Ricardo, really, because without Harry Winks, does the system work as effectively? The answer is probably not. So you've got Dewsbury Hall, who's box to box. You've got Chowdhury, who's who's a, a loose ball winner, a challenger in there. Uh, you've got Dennis Pratt. I've got no idea what kind of midfielder he is because he doesn't play enough for Leicester. Probably similar to Kieran Kin and Dewsbury Hall, but on the on the right hand side of the midfield, maybe. Uh, you've got Ndidi, who's been converted into a, a leggy box to box midfielder. Samare is, as we know, good ball carrier as well, and I think could be effective in the championship. But I'd like to see another person who's very comfortable on the ball. Uh, in the style of Harry Winks, come in if one of those central midfielders goes. Um, the, the the final area that I'd like to see at least one more signing in is is wide attacking positions. Uh, I just talked about the fact that Mavadidi is pretty much the only player that 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 is natural there. Um, we were linked a few weeks ago with with a player like Cole Palmer. That one seems to have gone a little bit quiet. Uh, I think the wide forwards are going to be another vital area to this system because a lot of the possession play either goes into the middle with Winks and Ricardo, and then the the two at the, on the left and the right of the back three are coming out quite wide uh, towards the touch lines. But you know, if if they receive the ball from the central midfielder, say, or the ball comes to them from the central centre back. Connor Cody, for example, they need somewhere to go. And if teams have cottoned on to the fact that they press Winks and Ricardo and Leicester haven't got a way out, you need somebody that is naturally wanting to receive the ball in a wide position, like Mavadidi, like Palmer, um, for them to play up the line for, or even sort of go in behind. So I think a wide forward, uh, an out and out winger with pace and ability to carry the ball. It's, uh, I think we need another one of those. Yeah, I agree with uh, the majority of that, Rob, really, when it comes to the side. If you look at the squad, uh, mentioned about the goalkeeping situation, obviously with uh, Mads Hermansen uh, and then now the goalkeeper. Um, I agree. I, I think you've got to base what we need on, on what will go. Um, Doyle, Justin, Fass, Cody, Suter, Christiansen, Pereira, Vestergaard, Castagna, Thomas is the back line. I'm going on the Leicester City squad, by the way, on the website. So if it's slightly out of date, then there you go. It's off. Um, now, looking through those, I would put question marks over Vass, over Suter, and over Vestergaard, and over Castagna in whether they're going to be there at the start of the season through players, through teams coming in to buy them, or for them once in a way. Now, I think Justin will probably stay... Um, Suter they'll probably want to keep as well and would be for me an invaluable member in a championship um, scenario you're looking November against the side with a very big forward bring in Suter you know that that sort of even though the the players we've got there can handle that it it just seems a no-brainer the word from Yannick Vestergaard seems like he wants to go I think Yannick Vestergaard who is committed to the football club, I think it's his birthday today actually, um, who is committed to the football club would be 
an amazing asset in the championship. His height, his distribution, his calmness on the ball in a championship scenario. I know we're not seeing pretty much any of this in the Premier League, but in a championship scenario, I think he could basically be an, an outstanding centre-half. The problem is, I just don't believe he wants to be there. And from what he's been saying, he wants to leave and join a, join a top club. Fine. So he goes, and I think he will. Um I would also, uh, Timothy Castagna in the Championship seems a no-brainer. Good, solid professional, will be an excellent player in the Championship, but I don't think he wants to be there. I thought it was dreadful against Liverpool. I think he's been lacklustre in pre-season. Uh, you see little bits and bobs surrounding uh, Castagna wanting to go to Juventus. Of course he does. Why wouldn't you? From a Championship side, you'd want to go to Juve. Um, I don't see Castagna being a Leicester player at the start of the season. And I'd be happy for him to leave because I'd want that position to be covered by someone else who really wants to be there. Uh, I don't think Luke Thomas will be a problem in the league. Hopefully what happened with the under-21s in the summer will give him a huge confidence boost because we all know what I thought about Thomas last year. Uh, Winks, Albrighton, Dewsbury Hall and Dini Pratt, Chowdhury, Samare. Intriguing midfield. Winks, Albrighton, Dewsbury Hall will be there. Chowdhury... Yes, I agree with what you're saying, Rob, about another player. I, I would like it to be someone further forward because you look at, will Wilfred and Didi be there? That's a question mark. Pratt, question mark. Samare, question mark. I can see Samare going. I just can see people being interested in him leaving. Um, his lack of time in later games, it, it looks like that would be the case. I love Dennis Pratt to stay, but again, surely a Dennis Pratt will be of interest to clubs in Europe and an easy signing. Ndidi's the curveball. I had Ndidi down as gone. Surely Wilfred Ndidi goes. And he might still well go. He was instantly linked with Celtic along with a few players when Brendan went there. But I I, I can't imagine clubs not being interested in Wilfred Ndidi. Why wouldn't you be? Um, so it's difficult. I'd love Ndidi's stay. It, it it would be great, and he looks he looks like he's fully for the cause, getting forward as well in positions. So why wouldn't you, if you've got a, a rampaging Wilfred indeed with a bit between his teeth, wanting a, a league winner's medal? That's great, but I I do agree with you. If if Samare goes and Pratt goes, then and there's question marks about Ndidi, and they're worried about maybe a, a deadline day deal being done for him, which you can see. Um, then I can see your your reasoning, Rob, why you want a, another kind of a Harry Winks type player. And I would agree. But there seems to be a huge gap there between those and then those going forward because Winks will be an all-rounder and then Hamza, we know, is not that sort of player. Jewsbury Hall will be given like the eighth role and he's not a James Madison type player. We We need that sort of player. But... What do you do at Leicester? Do, do they're, they're interested in that Chelsea youngster, but it's 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 a case of it's a very important position because you're going to be basing your attack, um, giving this guy a not a free role, but the license to dictate all forward movements, unless you're spraying the ball out wide. It, it can't be someone who's not of a certain level and I know we're a championship side you so often see sides or you used to see sides turn up to the king power um, from lower leagues and they would have that kind of number 10 who's maybe a bit small maybe a bit stout a decent player but you can see their limitations 
you can see why they're playing at League One or even a championship level rather than in the Premier League. Maybe they're just not quick enough or they haven't got the abilities of the number 10s that we see in the Premier League. Um, so I, I, I don't want Leicester to kind of go down that route. Um, maybe the youngster loan in that position would be a good idea. Um, and especially if they're going to come from sides like Chelsea, then then we will see. Um, Winger-wise, obviously we've brought in Steffi uh, Mavidini, which sorts out one side. Completely agree about the other side, about the right wing. Cut and paste the last seven years. We still need a right winger, depending if that's the way we're going to play, depending on whether we're going to have fullbacks coming forward on that side. But still, I think so. Uh, Vardy, Inacho and Daka. Vardy stays. Ianacho and Daka, you have to have question marks about them. I'm amazed Kletchi Ianacho is still at the football club. I Again, surely Premier League sides who may be in a spot of bother have um, Kletchi Ianacho down on their list. And I can still see him moving on. Pats and Daka as well. Surely sides in Europe are going to be looking and going, well, how about a cheeky 12, 13 million pound offer for him? Um, who knows? And And again, question marks there. The um, the interesting one is, is will Leicester bring in a new centre-forward? And who will that be? And also, um, what kind of forward um, will that be? Now, they've been linked with, with one or two, but it's been pretty thin on the grapevine in terms of being linked with anyone. Um, Swansea centre-forward, who completely has gone out of my head actually right now um has been linked with Leicester pretty heavily and when you look at um his kind of highlight reel and and the, and the player that he is and, and the and, and the way that he uh Joel Pirlo he, he 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 looks a big lad but not too big he looks like a, an out and out goal scorer he looks like a center forward who is just developing all the time scoring plenty of goals um Basically, I like him. I, 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 I like the look of this player. And if Leicester are going to spend a few quid, and maybe this is a maybe they're looking and going, right, we've got important positions elsewhere to fill. Basically, we're going to keep two eyes firmly on this centre forward. This is what I'm, I'm thinking is happening. We're keeping two eyes on this centre forward. Any bids are being made for him, we go in. But for now, we're going to just see what happens with the likes of Kelechi and Acho and Pats and Daka. If one of them has a, a bid for from like an Everton, etc. And it's going to be around, you know, 10, 15 million pounds, 15 million pounds, for example. Then if that goes through, bang, we, we buy this player from Swansea. We go in with exactly the same money. We sell Kletchi and Nacho 15 million quid because he wants to go. Everton will come in with an offer. We go and sign the Swansea striker. Um, Or we wait until quite late in the transfer window the season's underway and the decision is made do we go in or do we not uh, obviously I would like them to sign him um, I think he's the sort of player you could seriously stick up top and then have a Daka or an Ianacho around them Daka an obvious just not big man little man but that kind of real quick centre forward direct and then the slightly taller, but he still looks very agile, and you know he's he's got very good movements. He's not a slow prod upper. He's not a Steve Howard, but 
again, there's that difference between the pair. Iheanacho drops slightly deep, not a problem with him up top. So I think they will complement each other. And then you've got JV at the at the at the, uh, at the at the squad as well. So that's what I think they'll do with him. I don't think they'll just go and make the purchase. I think it's a dependence on what what will happen elsewhere because, of course, they've got to worry about what's happening um, with the finances. So overall, I, I still think there'll be a lot of players leave, um, especially at the back and then in midfield with the with Pratt and Samare, and. For now, because of the business that Leicester have done, and it's been good business, it's been pretty swift business from once they got started, I can only believe that Enzo Maresca has got a list of players up his sleeve. So Samari goes, bang, we're going to get player X. Pratt goes, bang, we're going to get player Y. Um, maybe Volt Vas goes, bang, we get this defender. We've got them ready. We've got a possibility of a, a of a Chelsea midfielder coming in on loan, and then we've got if we lose a centre forward, we've got this Swansea guy on the end of the phone. We've got fifteen to twenty million pound bid ready, and you are maybe buying the best centre forward in the league from last season. It's it's that simple, really. And what a what a signing that would be, and and I think that's the way they're looking at it. Um, they're ready to go on players, but we need to see what happens with these players still in the squad. I think they'll go. I think out of those, and I mentioned about six or seven, I still think five or so will still go. So I think the squad will look completely different. Um, but there's plenty more to discuss. Uh, just a word, Rob, on the fancy football. Because we're doing fancy football again. So uh, if you are playing the official FPL game, then make sure... You rejoin the league. You should automatically rejoin, I think. We've just clicked rejoin. Um, but if you want to join, there's a few ways of doing it. Sign up to FPL on the FPL app or just type in FPL Fancy Premier League um, into Google and it will all come up. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, there'll be a link on Twitter. I've been tweeting it out. I'll be tweeting it out for hopefully every day, every other day, up until the start of the Premier League. Um, remember when we were in it. Um, and uh, so... You can click on the link and you'll join our league. If not, the league code is as follows. So you type in enter league and type in the league code O-R-G-V-R-J. So O-R-G-V-R-J. That's the code. And again, head to at uh, FFS pod and you find us on Twitter and or on Facebook and the link will be there to join the league. And uh, I don't know how many we had last year. We had a fair few, uh, 100 and I mean, nearly 200 people enter. So that's really good. Um, more important things, uh, kits. Now, I'm, I'm quite heartened, actually, by the kit. I don't mind the home kit. It's nothing spectacular, but I don't mind it at all. Um, the away kit. Now, originally, I, I didn't really like the design, which is... Of course, as everyone knows, it's the original Leicester Foss from 1884. It's the original kit. Um, I wasn't a massive fan when it first came around in like the mid to late 2000s. But this is... Actually, I do like it. I like the fact that the badge is in the middle, which normally I don't like on a home kit. Obviously, you can't have it in a home kit. But on the away kit, I think it matches. And the fact that the stripe uh, is thick, I think because it's a thick blue, I, I do like it. I, 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 it's not bad at all. And with the shorts, etc., it's great. Not, not, not a problem. And then they brought out the third kit, which is orange. It's not gold, really. It, it's orange. Um, I like it. 
I like it. I think I have no idea why King Power isn't in black. You've got black stripes on the sleeves from Adidas. Why you don't have black King Power? I think if it's a black King Power, the kit goes up another couple of notches. It's slightly awkward with the shorts because they're white shorts. It doesn't really go. But then again, if you have black shirts, uh, black shorts, it's just the Wolves kit. It's 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 that colour. Um, so I don't mind it at all. I quite like it. The only thing I would say is, why isn't it gold? It's quite easy with Leicester. You've got the away kit is, is what we've got this season, fine. Um, first first thing, I, that would be, for me, a third kit. The home shirt should be blue. It is, fine. The away shirt should be either white or gold. I don't know why. The gold that we had in the early 90s, that, that's Leicester's colours. Um, kind of a light gold. And... I don't understand why that away shirt isn't that colour, the third kit. I don't why why you can't go a different shade. That's just too it's too wolves for me. It needs to be that colour that we've been used to in the in the mid to early nineties, that gold, the Leicester colour. Um so you have a home kit of blue, the away kit of gold or white, and then the third kits, if you're having a third kit, of gold or white, the other I don't understand. If you're having a black with the stripe, fine, that takes the place of that's a, that's your third kit. Or you, or you, or you reserve, and then you have either white or gold for the other one, but not this, this orange. But it's, it's not bad. Yeah, the away kit's an interesting one. Um, I was at Tramlines Festival in in Sheffield when when the uh, the announcement was made and the and the pictures came out, uh, and I was there. One of the lads I was there with, um, my mate Jack, he's a Leicester fan, um, and he just looked at it and he said. Oh my God, that reminds me of Kermigant's penalty against Cardiff in the 2010 playoff semi-final. And from that moment on, I've not been able to unsee that. I quite like the style of kit. Um, it's one that we haven't seen for a little while. In, in, and it's a bit of a sort of throwback, if you like. I don't, I don't mind the style with the sort of sash or diagonal line, whatever you want to call it. But obviously, for that reason, it does does throw up a few bad memories. I actually looked back at the sort of kit history, uh, and we had that uh, in that 09-10 season uh, made by Joma, and we we kept the same style the following year with with Berda, the new kit manufacturers. Um, both championship seasons, both times we failed to get relegated. So I really hope that <laughs> I really hope that this kit is not. A bad omen. Oh, I forgot about the Kermigant penalty. Well, I haven't forgot about it, but I put it to a, a part of my memory that I don't really want to revisit. What a disaster. But uh, yeah, that's the way we're going to line up in terms of the team, in terms of the style, in terms of maybe who's there, who's not, and what they're going to be wearing. But what are the aims for this year? What do we think? Uh, I'll hand it over to you, Rob. Um, Predictions for the year, or what you think is uh, is is going to happen, or what you expect, what you hope, etc. Before I uh, I say my piece. Well, the aim for the season has to be to get promoted to the Premier League. I don't think there can be any other objective. And the players and manager have, have basically said so in pre-season. the The reason that it's 
imperative that we get promoted uh, back to the Premier League this season is the Championship is a ridiculously difficult division to get out of if you get stuck in it. You know, uh, my memory is uh, is definitely not short enough to 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 forget the fact that we got stuck there for many seasons. Uh, obviously, we were, uh, in, in the sort of first period where we got relegated to League One and stuff like that. We were. Uh, we were not as as fortunate with with the ownership, etc. But you know, large percentage of my time as a season ticket holder was watching Craig Levine's team struggle to finish seventeenth or whatever it was in the championship. So it's a it's a difficult task to get out of the championship, which is why with the majority of the players retained so far as we speak from the Premier League squad. Um, it, we've got to get back up at the first first attempt. Th- that's the objective. My prediction for where we'll finish this season, I'm going to go second because that still means automatic promotion. So there's a lot of optimism there, but without sort of, with, with, with a hint of pessimism as well. I'm, I'm wondering if we will make a slow start because of the the changing ideas because of the the new manager um i I just i I can see sort of an up and down set of results in the first 10 games or so then uh, i I would imagine it would be the time that it that it's going to click uh you go on a run in the championship and, and and you can find yourself in a very very promising position fairly quickly momentum's very important in, in the championship and in, in all sort of promotion pushes really the, the thing is in the championship there, there's nobody that particularly scares me but there's some decent teams who had good seasons last time out in the championship there's quite a few that will be expecting to be uh, around the playoffs or, or possibly the automatic promotion spots uh, Southampton and Leeds I think will be knocking about easily in the top half and one of the reasons that I'm wary of saying that we're going to win the championship and predicting that we will is because last season we said we had a better squad than probably half of the Premier League uh, and we still got relegated. So uh, whilst I think on paper it's true that at the moment we've got a better squad than the rest of the championship, uh, I'm reluctant to sit here and say that that means that we will finish at the top. So I'm predicting second. Well, that's not going to go uh, down very well here, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I'm going for a league win. We're going to win the league. And we're going to do it because of the following. I, I think it's a stronger league this year because I thought the championship, I agree with you, Rob, was a pretty poor championship last year. Um, you've got three strong teams coming down, including Leicester. Uh, Southampton are going to lose a lot of players, but I think there will be still a force in that league. Um Leeds, you just don't know at all. It's, it, it could go horribly wrong by the looks of things. I, I agree with you regarding Leicester and, and a slow start, but looking at the fixtures, um, it might not be the case. Uh, I can see it being maybe sluggish to start with on the field, but you got Coventry at home. It's going to be a difficult start. But if Leicester can win that game, you're looking at Huddersfield away, Cardiff at home, Rotherham away, Hull at home before you take on a, a few few good sides like Southampton, Norwich and, and Bristol City who have been banging in the goals. So that's a very good start for Leicester. If you can win at home against Coventry, 
it starts the ball rolling. And you've then got a number of games which Leicester should win or should pick up points regardless of how they're playing. If there's problems with the way Leicester are playing, if the style of football, which of course is not going to be full Maresca ball, if you want to use that term, which I'm not going to use again, hopefully. it's If they're still unsure of exactly how to implement his style. And I'm talking about the 90 minutes. I, I think what we saw against Liverpool, not the capitulation, hopefully, but we played very well for the first half an hour. I can see in... I can see Leicester playing very well for spells of 10 to 15 minutes. Then it being quite tetchy, quite scrappy, mainly because the opposition will start to get a boot in, maybe become a bit frustrated. And then Leicester again having a 15-minute spell where things start to flow and play nice football. And the ideas become very, very clear for everyone to see inside the stadium or watching on TV on the new Foxes Hub, which if you're abroad, you can... Uh, you can watch on, but uh, you have to pay a tenner each for, for the home games for Leicester or for away games as well. It's quite expensive. But still, if you're watching on Fox's Hub or you're watching inside the stadium or maybe it's a live game on TV, then I, I think in spells, Leicester will look very, very good. And it's just a case of can they convert those chances. There's one thing that Leicester have been doing in pre-season is creating a fair few chances, not putting them away, but also missing that bit of creativity up top as well. Hopefully new signings can bring that. So... I'm looking at those opening games and I'm thinking if Leicester get through the first few games relatively unscathed, if it's then I can see them having a very, very good season. Um, if obviously it goes completely wrong at the start, then there is still time in the transfer window to rectify things. If players are playing and they want to leave and it's very obvious that they do from their body language, etc., then... I just don't think Maresco will be playing them. You know, might give them a chance and then that's it. You're out the side you're, and you're going to be sold. And then they can bring players in. So it's not... the If it's a poor start by Leicester, it's not the end of the earth. How many times... It's pretty much every season that you get to November and it's still very, very tight in the table. Now, I know Burnley ran away with things last year, but um, I wouldn't be pressing the big red button if Leicester do start poorly. That being said, I'm just looking at these fixtures, Rob, and I'm just looking at... I'm looking at Cardiff at home, I'm looking at Hull at home, away at Rotherham. Surely, Leicester will be aiming for nine points. You're away to Huddersfield. I know that's their first game of the season at home, but it's going to be difficult. But you've got to be very positive of a positive result. Home against Coventry. What a great game to start with. If they can win that game... Who knows? We could go out and win 3-0, 3-1. Really set the championship alight. Why Why can't Leicester win the league? The way that they capitulated against Liverpool, the way that we saw last season, there is a, a, a real issue at the football club with the team, with um, a mentality at the side where if anything goes wrong, they're fragile and they will break. Even if they're winning, they're not entirely comfortable. I want us to be absolutely disgusting this season. I want us to be arrogant, brash. I want us to be the side where if we're 2-0 up, game is absolutely over. And it happens time after time. Sides know if you go 2-0 down to Leicester, then 
that's it. We won't crumble. We won't. Even if you score late on, it's fine. We will see the game through, no problem. And if you do go through, we've got a goalkeeper who actually people just instantly go, do you know what, this guy's just too good for this league. That's what I want. I want Leicester to be in a position, and this is going to sound mightily big-headed and greedy, but why not? I want us to be in a position where we're looking to the Premier League relatively early, and we're looking at the players, and players are going, right, we're going to win this league, get a winner's medal, but we're looking what we can do next year pretty early. And are these players going to be with us next year? Are they good enough? Yes, we're growing aside. We need to replace X, Y, but you know, that's what I want. And I know that might sound completely over the top with the bookies favorites i think we're strong favorites if the code the cody injury is a big problem if and touch wood fingers crossed everything if he's fine for saturday or he's out for a few weeks great if it's a long-term injury six month jobby then we need to really sort out the back line because we can't go into the season with Vestergaard. He's not going to be there. He's not going to be there, is he, at the end of the transfer window? So that's a huge thing. And I know you can't base your season on one player, but I'm very, very hopeful for Leicester. I can't see any reason. Looking through the league, um, I know the three sides coming down are going to be interesting. Birmingham, Tom Brady is one of their owners now. It's crazy. Uh, Blackburn, I think, aren't going to be as good this year. Uh, Middlesbrough had a good season last season, and I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Sunderland, pretty much the same, but they do concede goals. Bristol City scored a lot of goals in pre-season, but you can't really see them kind of romping away with the league. Cardiff are going to be in trouble. Coventry have lost a lot of players and they can see further down the league. Hull, exactly the same towards the bottom. I think Ipswich will have a good season. They look like one of the best League One sides for an awful long time. And I think Ipswich actually will be very, very good. Uh, Norwich, I think, will be better this year. But top six, possibly, at, at, at a push. Plymouth will be looking to stay up. Uh, Preston, solid, but bottom half. QPR will look bang in trouble already. Wednesday, I think, will struggle. Stoke, again, I, I think they're going to be mid-table. Watford really haven't done an awful lot. West Brom the same in the transfer window, so I can see them just being mid to high-ish table. Huddersfield will struggle. Millwall will be always to be difficult, but if Millwall are in the top six, doesn't show a lot about the league. Swansea, we're going to have their centre-forward, and rather we're going to struggle. Um, I think Southampton, I think Southampton will be strong. I can't see any reason why not, even if they lose... Because obviously I did a lot, a lot of work for Southampton. I know their side really well. And if they lose uh, Lavia, if they lose Ward-Prowse, yes, that's two of them. That's their midfield gone. The season starts on Sunday. Um, again, you're talking about a side, if they have a good start, or their season starts on, on Friday. So if they have a good start, you just don't know with some of these players. Would Ward-Prowse actually go, actually, I might stay here and, and, and pick up a, a league winner's medal. They're a good side. They've got a lot of good youngsters. And they've sold a fair few of these players as well. But they're, they're a certain side. If he can get them together and get them going, they can take some stopping, I think, uh, Southampton. I'll be very hopeful for them. And I think Leicester and Southampton will be the top two sides in the in the league. So I'm going for Leicester to win the championship and to win it maybe not comfortably from second place, but I can see... Maybe two sides pulling clear of the rest. And that's the be-all and end-all. You want to get promoted, but ultimately you want to win the league. Last time Leicester won the league, um, they got over 100 points. Burnley, who was second, had over 90 points. And then there was a big gap to the rest. So I can see that happening again. So I'm going for Leicester to win the league. I think Southampton will be up there as well. And hopefully, 
we get off to a winning start on Sunday. I'm going for a Leicester win. Oh, the uh, sound I haven't turned off on my laptop. So you can tell we haven't done some recording for a while. Um, I'm going for a Leicester win. I'm going for a 3-1 victory. And I think I do think Coventry might actually struggle this year. You know, we've had their best defender, their centre-forward's gone as well to sports in Lisbon. So a rocking King Power Stadium. Winks pulling the strings. Vardy scoring goals. Leicester to win 3-1. Um, hopefully good news about Cody. Hopefully when I see the third kit, it's not as gold as Wolverhampton. It's actually a bit more yellowy, but I don't hold out much hope. And by the time we talk next, Rob will be back in the country. And we can have a, a discussion as normal on for Vox sake regarding a home win. We've got the game against Burton in the cup. And maybe sides, uh, maybe players leaving the squad, maybe players coming into the squad. And a first look at a few of the new signings as well. So make sure you join us next week. Make sure you join the Fancy Football League. Uh, follow us at FFS Pod on Twitter or on Facebook, type in for Fox 8 Podcast. We'll be back as normal for the forthcoming season. Uh, when Rob's back, and again, it will be more like a normal podcast. But for now, that's it for, for Fox 8. We are back. Leicester are back on Sunday with that 3-1 win. Vardy with a brace. We're going to win the league. <laughs>